remember your first lemonade stand? You got an idea, took a risk, and a business was born. Maybe you can't get investment from mom and dad in the form of lemons anymore, but your entrepreneurial spirit is stronger than ever. You are listening to Behind the Stand. My name is Alice. I'm sitting down with the people behind great ventures to talk about their stories of grit, failure, and how they took lemons and turned them into successful lemonade stands. On our very first show, we share Mariana Consolo's story. As a child, Mariana used jewelry to hide deep personal insecurities about her body. Later in life, with only $500 in her pocket, she turned her insecurities into a fashion accessory business that enabled her to retire at 48 and travel the world. Most of us, you, me, your friends, the guy sitting next to you at Chipotle, are afraid to take risks. Forget about starting a business. I get nervous sweats when I see my favorite Vietnamese place shut down early on a Tuesday night, forcing me to try a different lemongrass chicken vermicelli bowl from the restaurant next door. The entire process of taking risks is intimidating, and frankly, something we're told to avoid if we want a steady income or if your mother is anything like mine. And let's face it, the uncertainty of risks register in our brain like a blaring alarm. But it is an important step in becoming an entrepreneur. Mariana has never shied away from putting everything she had on the table, whether in business or her personal life. Born the youngest of two children in Montevideo, Uruguay, Mariana lived according to her own rules. The only constant in her life? Well, it was saying yes to what came her way. She said yes to quitting university to become a real estate agent. She said yes to quitting two years later to start her own real estate business, a business that achieved phenomenal success over the next 13 years, thanks to her passion for customer excellence. She said yes to leaving everything she had behind to move to the frostbitten winters of Edmonton to marry her husband. I met Mariana at UBC's Core Entrepreneur Program, where she is serving as a mentor in residence. Although it seems like nothing can hold her back, Mariana has faced her fair share of challenges. She's learned how to find her weaknesses and turn them into strengths. But before I get too ahead of myself, let's listen to how Mariana's mother kickstarted her entrepreneurial dreams. And it's not how you might think. I wanted to start a business since the moment I realized that the only way to set myself free was to be financially independent, and that was in my teenage years. I always thank my mom to with the sentence she used to say to me, "In my house, my rules." So I was so rebellious that I just wanted to have my house to have my own rules. You are hungry for something, doesn't matter what it is. For me, it was freedom. That was a great motivator because you don't question yourself. You don't like you just go and do it. So I started to work when I first started. Very very early, I was I think 19, working in a real estate company. I saw the things that I didn't like. I I thought that it was a way to do it 
in a more honest way, in a more compassionate way, in a way that you care more for people. I always think, how would I wish somebody would treat me? And that's what I believe that I could do. So when I started my own company, it was with that framework. And my mindset was set to offer people the best experience ever. And I think that was one of my secret sources all along my career in the different businesses that I was involved in. I know that your English teacher had a big impact on your life. And she was the one who taught you to reframe the stories that you were telling yourself. Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. What were the stories if you had any self-doubts or reservations did you have as a first-time entrepreneur? I didn't have time even to think about that. I just wanted to like do it. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to make a difference in people's life. So really, I when I started the real estate, I just had a, a phone and contacts. And I started to contact people and, you know, I will go out and, you know, people will say, oh, I want to rent a house. And I will say, okay, let me, what are you looking for? And then I will call people that I knew that they own properties and ask like, so I didn't have the time. Like, I think nowadays we have the time to prepare, to get ready, to go to university. I really had it like hands on. Okay. I wanted to have money today. I wanted to be independent today. What is it necessary to do it? I really started without an office. I really started without a budget. I didn't started with no like business plan or financial, nothing. I just started. Overthinking, it's sometimes your enemy. <laughs> yes, I can definitely relate to that. Getting started often is the hardest part. And I tend to over-prepare, over-analyze. I often hype myself up more than I need to, to start doing something and make the problem bigger in my head. You see, and if you don't think about it, probably you will do it. The five second theory. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. Between the thought and the execution, you only have five seconds to do it. If you don't do it, your self-talk will kick in and you will convince yourself why not to do it. Every time you have an idea, you need to count five four, three, two, one, and go and do it. Did you ever have a moment of breakdown when you thought that you just couldn't do it or the negativity around you, whether inside your head or outside your head, was just too much? Million times. <laughs> million times and million times every day. That's the natural. Everybody should because, you know, you question yourself all the time. And Everybody has the imposter syndrome. I mean, everybody like compares themselves with others. For example, I was very new to Canada and I started to work in a retail store. And one thing that nobody knew about me was that I was very afraid to answer the phone. You know, I worked at this store for a long time. It was like six months into that. And I avoided to answer the phone. So every time the phone will ring, I will go to another corner never pay attention. And it was always somebody who loved to answer the phone, who were around there. And that was awesome. But that day I was with my manager, nobody else in the store. She was taking care of a customer. The phone rings and she made me, you know, a sign with the head that I need to pick up the phone. So I went, I 
answer the phone and this lady is telling me that she's trying to find this in red. I couldn't understand what this was. And I asked her three times in three different ways and I couldn't understand what she wanted in red. So the lady started to scream and, and shout at me and say, oh, why somebody who doesn't understand English answers the phone, pass me with your manager. And so at that moment, of course, you know, I feel like I'm an idiot. Look at me. I cannot do even this. In your way, I could close deals, amazing deals, real estate deals. And here I cannot answer the phone, understand a person, like a basic thing. So I'm an idiot. I'm a stupid. I should quit. My manager answered the phone. She called me to the office. You knew when they called you to the office wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went into the office and she looked at me and she said, am I right? You don't know how to answer the phone. Like, we need you like also to answer the phone because otherwise, you know, you cannot stay in this job. And this was my first job in Canada. So for me, it was like I was failing big time. So, you know, I was crying and I asked her to leave early. I went home crying. I phoned my teacher, Elaine, my English teacher, and I, I called her and I said, you know, I shouldn't be working there. I'm going to quit. I should find a job where I don't need to speak English. I can just do cleaning jobs. I can do basic jobs. So I don't need to do that. That's all what I can do. That's all what I'm worth it. And, and at the end, she started to laugh so hard. And I'm like, are you laughing at me? I'm, I'm suffering. I'm feeling like an idiot. And she said, oh, Mariana, this is the best day of your life. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yes. Today you learn what you don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? Yes, you don't know to answer the phone. Don't you see it? You don't know how to answer the phone. Of course, you know, you need to answer the phone in this country. You need to make appointments for a doctor's appointment or if your car breaks down, you might need to call. You need to make phone calls. So you need to learn how to answer the phone. If you avoid answering that phone, it's not going to solve your problem. It's going to make it bigger because you're going to build fear and you're not going to overcome this fear. So she said, I think you have the best opportunity in the world. They're giving you the opportunity to learn how to answer the phone. So next time that phone rings in that store, you will race to pick up that phone. And it was really shake me up. Because every time we have a hardship, are we going to back off and we're going to stay in our fear? Or are we going to face it and head on and say, yes, all of us have phones in our lives. Phones are like metaphorical. How many things we are afraid and we are running away from them? Lots, lots of things. I run away from lots of things. You see, so that's our phones. And we have millions of phones we are running away. We need to be very alert that those phones are actually calls to action to learn some new skill. I agreed. At that moment, when you face a challenge, you have two choices. One is to hide behind a rock, and that's where it's comfortable, where that's safe. And then the other choice is to do it anyways, face the fear. On the other side, your limits have increased and it's what you'll find is so much more rewarding because it'll open you up to new opportunities. You're able to make more connections. You're able to open new doors that you never even thought of before. So imagine if I wouldn't pick up that phone, if I wouldn't take her advice, 
today I wouldn't be able to tell you the story of success of my business. I wouldn't be able to be at UBC mentoring others because I would be full of fear to speak up. So my story would be so different. Yeah. And it's like those five seconds that you have the choice to take responsibility and say, yes, I'm bad at this and I need to improve and I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go through the pain, but I'm going to overcome it. I'm not going to stay here because this is really uncomfortable. So what happened afterwards? <laughs> I did pick up your phone. I did pick up the phone every time. I follow the advice. I will race to pick up that phone. And, you know, this English teacher, Elaine, was an amazing woman. She said to me, and this is another example of reframing. She said to me, you can say, okay, I'm working for $5.25 an hour when in South America I was closing deals of millions of dollars. And you say, oh, poor me, look at me. I'm in a new country. They don't recognize me. That's the victim mentality. But she said to me, how much would you pay to go to university to take a retail course and business course on how business are run in Canada? So now you're going to that store every day. They're teaching you all that and they'll pay you on top. Every morning when I woke up to go to that store, I wouldn't focus on the 5.25 an hour. I would focus on the learnings that I'm going to learn that day to bring me to my end goal, which was to open my own company. So Mariana, walk us through how you went from the immigrant newcomer picking up the phone for the first time and being able to sell your first business and be able to retire early. The interesting part is two years after being in that store, they offered me to be a manager. And the day they offered me, me to be a manager, a store manager, was for me what I call my graduation day. You know, when they said that to me, I, I had the courage in that moment to say, I really appreciate your offer. I really thank you for the opportunity. But if you think I can manage your store, it means I'm ready to manage my own. Oh, wow. And I quit. Wow. And I quit that day. And I phoned my husband and I told him and he thought that I was crazy. That wasn't my goal. My end goal was to have my own store. I felt that that was my moment to take the leap and the, the jump. And it was amazing. And I felt very empowered because it was like having now a certificate, okay, I'm capable to do it. I really did it. So from there, it started a journey. I was trying to figure it out what to do. I wasn't sure if it would be in the real estate. And, you know, I was very open to listen to what people had to say. And people were like nonstop commenting on my fashion accessories Fashion accessories were my best friends since I was a very young teenager because I was chubby. And in South America, the weight is a big thing. You need to be very skinny. The sizes there are double zeros. I was marginalized for that. And so accessories were like really great friends because I could change my the look of my outfit with a scarf, with a purse, with a good necklace. And I tried to make that the point of attention. So people were always looking, what is she going to come with the next accessory? And it was always something bold and something big. 
grab the attention there and not to my chubbiness. And I realized that lots of people were commenting on that when I was working in that store and people were asking me. It happened with a scarf that a lady came to me and and asked to buy a scarf out of my neck. Wow. Yes, gave me an idea uh, how much those accessories were wanted. And that, you know, listening to the customers guide me. I started to go to senior homes, to hospitals, and people really guide me. People wanted to help me. And they told me, oh, you should go here, you should go there. And I listened and I went everywhere and I said yes to everything. I always said yes. It took me to places that you won't believe. I sold a detention place for women. I was with inmates there. For me, we sold even in a in a swingers club, imagine. I never been into one. Yeah, so we we said yes to everything. We went to churches, just name it, we were there. We realized the need in the market, and we realized that the need was more of the educational part, how to wear those accessories. At one point, I realized that what I was selling wasn't fashion accessories. I was selling self-esteem in a shape of a fashion accessory. And that was very powerful because I think that's what I needed, and that's what I was offering. What an incredible story, Mariana. What I heard was two transformations in your story. One was you going from almost getting fired in your manager's office to being promoted to a manager and then giving up that opportunity without having anything else lined up. And another transformation I heard is going from insecurity in how you looked into a business of self-esteem. And it's just incredible how you were able to be the person with the power to make that transformation. Thank you for that. Yes, it was a self-discovery for me. I cannot say enough about how thankful and grateful I am with the mentorship that I got. So that's why I believe so important in collaboration, in empowering others. And that's what I dedicating and devoting my time now to mentoring others. And your voice is so important to inspire everyone. That's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast. All the people in the entrepreneurial program were benefiting from the mentor's advice. But I think that all entrepreneurs, at least in our, our community, needs to be involved in the conversation, needs to be inspired to go after their dreams. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you went through your journey of self-discovery and it was messy and there was failures, but you tried, you put yourself out there. And that's what life is. Life is a, it's a jungle gym. Yes. It's not just <laughs> a ladder. You have to be vulnerable because that's how you learn, right? Definitely. And it's hard because, you know, there are things you don't like. You don't have all the skills needed. And you learn by doing. You do it and you realize, okay, you know what? I wasn't a good manager. I didn't know how to deal with my employees. I learned through others. It was a process. You're such a strong person. It seems like your goal was very clear from day one. How did you build up your resilience? Okay, so this is the big secret. I'm not as strong as I look. I am weaker than you think. And probably I put a face to show my strength. 
I don't want to be hurt. And I think the key to build resilience is stay focused on the positive. Life is a coin with two sides, the negative and the positive. And it's your choice, only yours, which side are you going to focus? You can choose. Every day you wake up in the morning and you choose which side are you going to look at. People who were more vulnerable as kids, like me, I was rejected because I was chubby and I was big and noisy and, and I had opinions and, you know, I was rejected. I made a choice to wake up every morning and choose the positive. Okay, I'm so thankful that I listened to my inner call and I didn't allow anybody to shut out my voice. I think that builds resilience. Thank you so much, Mariana, for your insights and honesty. To wrap up our chat, I just have a few quick fire questions. What is one piece of advice, book, or resource that every company builder should be aware of? I think there are a few. Can I say more than one? <laughs> sure, go for it. <laughs> Breaking the rules already. You see, that's me. That's it. Break the rules all the time. That would be number one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Build your network and keep your contacts in an organized way. It doesn't matter what you sell. It's a click away to be in touch with my contacts. So do it from day one. One person that I follow and I think everybody should follow is Seth Godin. He is the guru in marketing. And he has a book that is called This is Marketing. It's honest marketing, not pushing through the throat of anybody. It's like trying to find your tribe and solve their problem in an ethical way. Reach out to people you admire. Look for advice. Look for help. Don't be shy. Don't think you are too small for them. And the last one is my life philosophies. Say yes more often. And after, ask lots of questions. Fine tune and figure it out if it's for you or not. That's great. And you could probably combine all of those advice all together. Go into your network, ask for meetings, and ask a bunch of questions. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Okay, second question. Who in the UBC entrepreneur community would you like to tag to be on the podcast next? And this person can be someone that you find inspiring or just curious to get to know more. Well, there are two people that I'm very, very impressed through my experience. Glenn Lee was the person who recommended me here. He's a very knowledgeable person, very involved in the tech world. I really learned a lot about him. And the other person that I would love to know more that he is in the cohort is Kyle. Uh, he's, he also didn't have any uh, formal education, but he worked with huge, big corporations. So I'm super, super curious to learn more about him. All right. I will leave these uh, people and their LinkedIn's in the show notes. Now there's nothing left to do but to shine the light back on you, Mariana. So pitch yourself to our audience. Where can everyone find you? I am in all social media. I'm taking a little break, but if you want to know more of these stories and lessons, the best way is to go and get my book, Say Yes, Ask Questions Later, that I just released after the pandemic. I think you will find lots of great tips. You will find it 
on Kindle and you will find it in the print version. The Kindle is only $5. It's like having a coffee with me. I super recommend you to get it. And if you find it valuable, leave a review on Amazon or share it with somebody that might need that. Hey, thanks for listening to the show this week. If you want to listen to previous episodes, subscribe to our newsletter, or give me feedback, you can go to BehindTheStand.com. I can't wait to hear from you. I'm Alice, and you're listening to Behind the Stand Podcast.